Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined this week surprisingly by Don Pazette again two weeks in a row Don how you doing it, it's almost like I'm supposed to be here or something that's yeah. <laughs> going uh, for a record <laughs> uh, doing great you know, we have a ton of tech news going on out there in the real world it was a hard week to pick the articles to talk about but we also have a great guest we have two guests today so it's going to be an action-packed episode that is true and uh, yeah it's also the day that we're recording this is Windows 11 day so happy Windows 11 day to you Daniel who yes. will not okay. be downloading Windows 11 on any no, devices I'm I sure. actually do have a Windows machine at home I like to run all the platforms, right? You got to stay relevant. What are you on, Windows so, 7 right now? Yeah, no. <laughs> XP, thank you. Oh, XP, congratulations. <laughs> That's a good one, they say. It's one of the best. That's why I haven't upgraded. That's what, yeah, why would you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it ain't broke. Yeah. All right, and we are also joined today by a special guest. We have Greg Edwards with us, who is the CEO of Crypto Stopper. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Where, where are you joining us from? Uh, so I am just north of Iowa City, Iowa. That is lovely. That's about as Iowa as you can get. <laughs> it is. It's Iowa. I, I live on a uh, about a 60-acre farm. Oh, nice. Wow. Oh, you got a baseball field. Yeah, I was going to say. Gonna have to like... <laughs> that's, that's further north. They uh, thought he was crazy. I've been there. That's the only place I've been in Iowa. I went to really? Dyersville, Iowa. Field of Dreams. Field yeah, of it's dreams. about 60 miles north of where I'm located. Very cool. I just now can think of the coal fire guys because I'm pretty sure that's where it was. It was in Iowa. There's a coal fire? No, coal fire is a company. It's a penetration oh. testing company. And them <laughs> boys was like, they were living oh, in crazy they land. Went into, yeah. yeah, they got arrested. Yeah, yeah. it was nuts. That's, yeah, get permission as a reminder. <laughs> they did. They had permission. They, had, they did have permission. What, aren't you supposed to notify yeah. like, police or something? They too? did. <laughs> they did this is why right. they thought they were going insane in the courtroom as the judge was like, y'all sit down, you're going to jail. You're like, what the hell is happening? Hmm. <laughs> And they weren't from Iowa. That was the thing. Yeah, that, uh, that's why. that was the problem. Yeah, yeah, that's why they weren't from Iowa. Yeah, there's I believe Minnesota license yeah. plates or something. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the FBI gets involved in right hey. crossing state lines. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Well, let's get to know Greg a little bit more than than just where he lives uh, in our first segment, which is rapid fire questions. Who do you work for? What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you? All right, Greg, in this segment, we are going to rapidly fire questions at you. We'll rotate around through each of us hosts as we ask you questions about yourself and your organization. Uh, you'll see a timer appear on the right side of your screen. You'll have approximately one minute to answer each question. If you take too long, Peter will buzz you like this. There we go. And then we'll move on to the next question. We will start with, uh, you know, I should probably look at my list. We're starting with Peter. It's me. It's, uh, it, when is it not then me? <laughs> like, uh, I'm prepared for the day when we don't start with you, Peter. Right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. So I mentioned you are the CEO of Crypto Stopper. So can you give us a little bit of info about the company? I'm assuming you stop cryptos. We stop ransomware. That so Crypto Stopper is an anti-ransomware tool that we use deception technology to deploy to deploy bait files throughout a network and then are monitoring for the action of encryption and then kill that kill that ransomware in the process. Is that like a honeypot? Uh, similar to a honeypot files. Okay. Yep. Yep. We call them watcher files, but they're honeypot files. I'm just yep. showing off that I knew a term. So. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go a little bit off script on this one because I'm kind of curious, like if you're, if you're monitoring these files and one of them gets hit, certainly you're going to know about it. But like on average, does data some data has to get encrypted before they hit that file right they don't start with that one 
Yeah, so we call it our damage reduction. I mean, if there wasn't, so if CryptoStopper is not installed and ransomware is running unabated, it's going to encrypt everything. And so typically five to 10 files are also hit in the attack. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty minimal. Yeah. yeah. All right, let me get to my real question. Yeah. I was just curious. All right, <laughs> <laughs> All right uh, now I know that I, in addition to being CEO of CryptoStopper, you also run an MSP. I, I worked for an MSP years and years ago. I couldn't imagine holding down two jobs. How do you find time to do both of those things? Yeah, this actually is the second SaaS company that I've started out of needs that I identified within the MSP. Um, and so the MSP I've owned for over 20 years now. I started it when I was 24 uh, and mostly runs on its own. So I'm an absentee owner of that. And um, yeah, and able to do both successfully. And this is the second SaaS company that I've started out of the MSP. Man, you know, I get real nervous when I'm speaking to my betters. So let me just get straight to my question here. <laughs> How the heck does uh, Crypto Stopper guarantee that, you know, that would protect a company against ransomware? Yeah. So the way that our system is deployed and that guarantee is a it's a money back guarantee. It's not we can't we can't guarantee we're going to stop every new way. But the way that Crypto Stopper works is that it's on the network and when files start getting encrypted, we see that encryption and stop it. I'm glad you clarified that because anyone that guarantees they can stop all ransomware uh, is a liar. It's a great way. <laughs> it's a great way to weed out. Yeah, I 100% guarantee you're right. <laughs> That's what the judge told him when he had to take his business down and liquefy. All right, so I'm, I'm curious. We, we hear about new attacks every single day. I mean, you can just go on on, uh, on any website and see just a list of all the different things that were attacked. And I know Daniel kind of harps each week on on the fact that IT budgets tend to be very reactive and people aren't putting uh, money towards something until a problem happens. Have, have you seen that change at all? Do you th or, or why do you think that is that people are, are still like that? Yeah, so I see that starting to change, but the the reason I think is because people just think it's not going to happen to us. And that is changing. I actually had a mentor of mine when I first started CryptoStopper say, well, does anyone even know what ransomware is or that they need it? And I said, no, they don't, but the attackers are going to educate them very quickly. And unfortunately, that's become even more true than I expected. Yeah, you know, for a lot of businesses, they, they have to spend marketing dollars to let people know about a problem. But for you, you're, you're kind of fortunate in that it's getting tons of media coverage right now. Ransomware has turned it, into a huge ordeal. It, it has. And I mean, it is unfortunate that everything that I was expecting would happen several years ago has happened. Yeah, it's like, congratulations to you that all these companies <laughs> have been attacked. That's fantastic. Uh, all right, so I understand that you you built your own plane and so, I mean, I feel like I have a series of questions there for, you know, for example, uh, other people, professionals build them. You can buy one of those. Um, why didn't you start there? <laughs> that's, but that's not one. as much fun. Have you, have you convinced anyone to get in this plane with you? I, I have. Um, my wife, who is uh, not a thrill seeker at all, flies with me regularly. What is this, like an ultralight? Or has, what, why what are you trying doing? to kill your um, wife? That's the real it's, it's a uh, It's a two-passenger. It's a, a Lancer is the the type of plane that it is. So it comes as a, um, as a, what they call a fast build kit. Uh, and you essentially build it from the ground up and it is, I mean, it is a very, I say safe, 
I wouldn't fly it if I didn't think it was safe. Um, but it's a two-passenger airplane, goes about 230 miles an hour. Wow. It's like a carnival ride. You know, they they put it together real fast. You <laughs> get do. on. They please, pray. please sign here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember in the back of Mad Magazine as a kid, they had the, you, you could you could build your own hovercraft yeah, yeah. out of like a vacuum engine. So I assume it's kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. Sort of <laughs> Very like Very similar. Yeah. Very so, similar. You, you know, I, I was picturing one thing in my head, uh, but I just pulled up the Lansdair website, and uh, they actually look really cool. They look like... Um, Oh, like uh, a Piper Cobb yeah, or something? It, in small, uh-huh. small plane? You got me. Yeah. I'm checking it out. <laughs> it was uh, rated yeah. one of the top 10 sexiest planes ever made. By Sexy that Planes Magazine. That list doesn't exist. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> so I will admit, it looks like a real plane. Yeah. <laughs> it comes preloaded with C4 huh. in the engine now. So. <laughs> it, very, very much is a real plane. Yeah, the, the Mako uh, or the Barracuda? Oh, yeah. Ooh, Barracuda. Ooh, it's, it's actually a Lansair 360. Which um, probably isn't in current production. This, it's about that's right. after that uh, settlement. A over, yeah, a little <laughs> over ten issue. years. Ten years old. Oh, awesome. That is uh, that is thrill seeking. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah, that is saver. I was thinking one of those ultralights where it's like you could just fall out of the side. Who was it that worked with us that used to build gyrocopters and uh, he crashed it? Right? Oh, you remember that? No, I don't. Oh, Ger- oh, Gerald was telling me about it. Why remember are you Gerald? laughing? Because it's weird yeah, that it's it, like it is weird. It came out. Yeah, right here. There, but he would are... like take everybody up, and he, they're supposed mm-hmm. to be Crash. safe. He was like he would go up and turn the engines off because you can just that did not yeah, work. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're supposed not a, to. Not a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> that was a mistake. I wouldn't do that with my uh, vacuum powered hoverboard. Hover two, two inches yeah. off. Oh. Yeah, two inches <laughs> off the ground. I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, you just hear you. Peter screaming. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My floors are filthy, too. Yeah. I took the vacuum off. like dirty floors. All right. Well, let's talk about... Uh, I mentioned that, that we have these ransomware attacks that happen all the time. And uh, normally, it's kind of a, a, a pretty standard formula that we see. But we're seeing some cases now that are actually kind of getting... Uh, the judicial system involved. And there's one that we want to talk about here. So this is an article from NBCnews.com. This actually says, a baby died because of a ransomware attack on a hospital, according to a suit. The filing is the first credible public claim that someone's death was caused, at least in part, by hackers who remotely shut down a hospital's computer. And so I know we look at a lot of ransomware as uh, purely a financial play. And, you know, hospitals have a lot of money, so that that makes them a a target. But we've we've talked about kind of the... um, the different attacks that have happened during COVID that have affected uh, hospitals and had had people kind of resorting back to uh, pen and paper, uh, the kind of thing. But but is this uh, this is the first credible public claim? But have have you seen other attacks like this that are more you know attacking people, not just going out and looking for money? Yeah, well, and the intent of this attack wasn't to attack; it purely was financially motivated. Okay, but. As a result of the attack, it shut down all the monitoring system, and this was in a, a birthing center. So, a baby was born. Um, that the monitoring they weren't the claim is that they weren't monitoring closely enough because of the ransomware attack because it took the monitors down, and so that contributed to the death. So, it's again kind of goes back to the IoT devices that we we've seen that are. I mean, are those harder to protect? Well, uh, they're not they're not necessarily harder to protect. And in this case, it wasn't, you know, wasn't specifically IOT devices. It was the computer that was actually running the monitors that, you know, that put the screen big screens up um, and that's what was down. And so that they weren't seeing the information. 
Um, but I mean, IOT devices aren't, I mean, they're just as hard to, to secure the thing with IOT. And, and you guys probably have talked about this before is that there's, there just aren't good standards within pure IOT. And so that does make it more difficult, but not, not from the standpoint of that it's any different. Yeah, and I, I could totally see how this happened. Uh, you know, my youngest son was in the NICU for five months, and so we got a chance to really learn how that worked. Uh, and you know, they have monitoring sensors for like blood oxygen levels and things on all the babies, and they have central nursing stations where yeah, the they're nurses, watching multiple uh, right, rooms from they one have hub, one screen. And so, if a baby stops breathing, they can see it on that screen. But if they don't have that screen, they've got to walk around and check each kind of crib uh individually and, and that's that's just not something they can do in a timely manner so i could i could totally see how this led to a death and i i know i've said several times on the podcast over really over the last couple of years that i've been really frustrated in the the lack of uh, well especially the u.s government but really governments in general doing anything to stop ransomware that it has just been growing unabated for years now and we're starting to see little baby steps kind of from these organizations to help prevent it stop it from coming out and impacting people like it is but i don't think we really saw any true activity until it hit the pipeline like until it started hitting our utilities that's where it really seemed to make a difference and greg how do you feel about that like do you you think they're actually going to take action now well the problem is is that who do they take action against so a lot of these ransomware attackers are in countries that, for example, in Russia, where it's completely legal for a Russian citizen to start and run a ransomware business and attack as long as they don't attack anyone within Russia, it is completely legal. So while I think there is much more talk, and I think that if we have a coalition of nations that come together, that we may be able to have something done. But until until attacking companies with ransomware is illegal and punishable in every single country in the world, I don't see big changes happening. Mm. They used to have a term called extreme rendition. And that's how they took care of problems like that. <laughs> There's too many of them. And I bet, I bet that yeah. dad who lost his daughter would be all about that at this point in time as a uh, father of two daughters myself. Yeah, Liam Neeson thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. Now, well, from what I read yeah. about that, um, that, that the parents are suing the hospital because they knew they were under a ransomware attack. They knew that they had systems that were down, and they still accepted patients and did not inform them. And that was the problem. And due to those monitoring systems, they were unable to detect that the baby had the umbilical cord wrapped around their head during uh, delivery. And the baby lost oxygen, caused brain damage, and then nine months later, the baby died. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like this string of events that occurred, all because they just didn't say, hey, you might want to go down the street right now to a different hospital. Yeah, that kind of goes back to back to Where's the policy that says, if we're under a ransomware attack or any kind of like impact to our systems that might cause or lead to someone's death or, or pain and suffering, we should be pushing people away from coming to us at this point. You know, I, I wonder if this is something that I, I'm thinking doctors, right? Yeah. So if a doctor hears, oh, the computer's down, I think most doctors would probably say, well, I, I'm still a doctor. I can, I can still do this stuff. I don't need a computer. And I, I wonder if other businesses, like get, get out of medicine, right? Yeah. Think about like a bank. All right, well, if the computers go down in a bank, it's a problem, but they can still do paper deposits sure. and stuff. So maybe they just feel like, well, we can, we can still operate well enough. Except someone died. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, we talk a lot about uh, with ransomware, what is the the IT plan? What do we have in place to get, you know, backups restored and things like that, but not about what is the the plan and the playbook for the other workers? Do we have a, something in place that says, okay, now if we have this happen, you have to do rounds every five minutes. You have to do, you know, like, is, is there that plan of attack and, and do enough companies have those things in place? And yes. I, I would say at this point, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's evident from this one, and 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 probably more and more will think of ransomware as not just an IT thing, but something yeah. that obviously you know when when it has that impact on the entire business. Because I think you you said earlier, I know one of these articles did as well that you know it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Well, so. and, and kind of going back to your statement, Don, like they feel okay, I can still do my job well enough. Right. And then it, it comes down to, but I didn't have the option. You didn't tell me, yeah. you didn't inform me yeah. and give me the, the freedom to choose whether I thought that was good enough or not. And that's the problem. Yeah. I think. yeah they, they should have a business continuity plan. Right. So when a disaster occurs, this certainly counts as a disaster. Then what are the check marks that say what leads to stopping admitting patients or, or whatever? So, uh, but you know, I, I like the, what Greg was saying earlier with crypto stopper that it, if ransomware hits, right. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't, doesn't stop the ransomware. It's going to find some way to get in, right? But when it hits those special files, it stops it. So now, now you're just talking about restoring a handful of files that got hit, as opposed to having to restore entire systems like that. That would help a lot. Yeah, and and monitoring systems, you think they would be easily reverted back to a working state through some sort of backup. I mean, it's just a monitor. It doesn't like it's yeah. Anything. yeah. It's like recording data. hadn't thought about that. Like right. you know, why have writable file system at all on that? Right. Hmm. So, so Greg, if people want to learn more about CryptoStopper, what, what's the URL? Where do we go to, to find out? Yes, yeah, so the URL is getcryptostopper.com and can find all of the information on how to contact us there. Uh, we sell exclusively through managed service provider resellers. And so if you, if you are a, a client of a, an MSP, ask them to check it out. Or if you're an MSP, sign up and, and start selling CryptoStopper with us. Very cool. And so uh, you guys are uh, have some events coming up. Uh, was it DattoCon? Yeah. So DattoCon is the next big one, actually next week. Uh, that's gone. It was um, planned to be in Seattle, mm -hmm. and they've they've gone completely virtual now. Are you doing any of the uh, IT Nation or the ConnectWise ones? Uh, so we've done IT Nation. We've done ASCII events, um, and those are ongoing. Very cool. Yeah, I think we'll be at the. Yep. IT Nation uh, connect a little bit later this year. So maybe we will see you guys there. Yeah. All right, All right Greg. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time and, and showing us. This is this is a cool project and it's a, a little different way of, of you know, we're, everyone else that we talk to seems to be, oh, we're going to stop the attack, you know, before it gets in. But, at, uh, you know. Yeah, well, and when you think about all of the malware, you know, five years ago, if, if a malware attack got through, you just did the cleanup. Well, now most of those malware that, are still getting through our ransomware. Yeah, and they're uh, they're not just contacting you; they're contacting your customers. They're contacting anyone affected and trying to get money from all sides. Right, so, right. Good for them. All right, thank you so much, Greg. And stay tuned, everybody. We're going to come back after a quick break and talk with a new edutainer here at IT Pro TV. So that's coming up right after this break on Technated with Don Pizzette. I'm James Packer. I'm the general manager of Kirk ISS based in the Cayman Islands. I used IT Pro TV extensively in my last place. It grew very well, helped upskill the team. I had 110 engineers in the field and we had dozens of IT Pro accounts with the guys training. And last year alone, they passed over 40 certs by using the online training. I think I can safely say um, without IT Pro TV, I wouldn't be where I was today because 
I only got this job on the back of the qualifications I have. All right, welcome back to TechNado with Tom Pizzette. Thank you so much to Greg for joining us. But we're doing something, I think this might be the first time we've ever done rapid fire questions two times in the same episode because we are joined by brand new IT Pro TV edutainer, Lauren Deal. Lauren, how are you doing today? Excellent. This is such an honor to be on TechNado with all of you. She doesn't she, know much about technology. I was going to say, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> yeah. You being sarcastic? Is this what's happening? No, I really had to gear up. <laughs> yeah, she's been binging episodes for the last two weeks. All right, well, let's get to know Lauren in this second bonus segment of Rapid Fire Questions. Who do you work for? What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you? All right, we already know all the rules, so we'll just jump right in, put that five minutes up on the there it is on the clock there and get started. So, uh, Lauren, I understand this is not your first time in front of a camera. I don't mean just this episode, but in general working here. So tell us a little bit about how you got started and what you've been up to. Uh, originally, I am from a home shopping network. I sold jewelry 24 hours a day, and there were stints where I was on air between two to almost six hours. And so uh, comfortable in front of the camera, but always learning something new. So this is a new adventure for me. Thanks for uh, teaching me something new. Yeah, you get breaks here. Yeah. <laughs> Such a luxury. Now, I, I know you just started, but you've already been working with a couple of the other edutainers here. What are some of the courses that you're going to be filming with us? Oh, I'm so excited. I've been diving in already, checking out IT Pro TV and that side of the spectrum, but I'm going to be starting off on the audit side. And so learning everything audit, so that's where you can find me. All right. Uh, hosts here inevitably learn a lot about IT when you start actually working with us on the IT Pro TV side of things. And what are you, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, what are you looking forward to learning about when it comes to IT? Well, I think that IT is always a growing and changing environment. So what you learn one week might be changing the next. And so I think that's an everlasting journey. I like to think I'm a lifelong learner. So uh, starting with day one and moving forward, uh, I'm open. So I'll just leave it at that. It's an urban legend. <laughs> All things. So yeah. she'll, she'll be our new uh, Google yeah. Cloud Perfect. Uh, expert. <laughs> Someone has to do Somebody's it. Gotta Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Do it yeah. Put me in, coach. <laughs> All right. So I, I understand that you're also no stranger to podcasts, that you actually have a podcast of your own. So what one, what's that all about? I actually have a podcast called The Female Phoenix. It's spelled with a PH to be punny, um, but it's about women's empowerment. It's basically turning our mess into a message and our struggles into strength. And I think that during 2020 and beyond, we are all going through something. And so it's nice to uh, hear that someone has come out on the other end and can offer some inspiration. That's cool. Did you start it uh, during the pandemic? I did. Um, I started it actually a year ago, uh, about a week ago. Oh, wow. Cool. So is it just, is it you or do you have guests on as well? I interview uh, women, but I've also done some solo episodes as well. Uh, we have everyone from The Girl Next Door all the way up to Mickey Guyton, who is a Grammy-nominated country singer. All right. Wow. Probably better ratings than Technado. <laughs> well, I'm for sure. <laughs> I'm sure. All right, so I know this was a big move for you. We're down here in Florida, uh, for those that don't know, and you came all the way from Pennsylvania. So I'm curious, two-part question here. Mm -hmm. What are you most looking forward to in Florida, and what are you going to miss most about Pennsylvania? Ooh, that is tough. So all of my Pennsylvania friends turn away. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I loved Pennsylvania. That's where I was born and raised. Uh, but they're getting snow in the next upcoming months. And I decided to get out of there as soon as possible. That's I love Florida miss. because of the warm weather, but also it feels like summer all year round. Yeah, but when it's actually summer, it feels like hell. Yeah. <laughs> when you live in the pool. Yeah, <laughs> so. nothing like triple digits with like triple digit humidity. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, thought, I was hoping you were going to say like cheesesteaks or... Oh, yeah, I was looking forward to wrestling an alligator 
Sports, I don't know. But no, the sports down here are phenomenal. <laughs> Go local sports team. <laughs> are, are you, were you Western Pennsylvania or Eastern? So Philly, or, or uh, what would it be? Eagles or Steelers? I was closer to the Eagles. I was in a in Lancaster, which is going to open up a whole new can of worms. I swear I'm not Amish. <laughs> well, you, She's uh, Pennsylvania Dutch. Yeah, you are in camera here. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. You are under oath. Yeah. Uh, My buggy's yeah. out back, so. Did we not do the It's oath? a sweet ride, by the way. All right, well, Lauren. Uh, carrots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're looking forward to uh, to seeing you on some uh, some new shows. And like we said, the, the kind of the audit courses first. So, you know, over for uh, Audit Pro TV and, and those kinds of things. But uh, we're, we're excited to have you. And thanks for thanks for joining us here today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to follow along with the rest of your Technado journey today. Fantastic. Well, we do have a great journey ahead with a lot of news to get to. So another really quick break. Then we'll be right back with that on Technado with Don Pizzette. So you've tried online IT training, but it's boring, out of date, and pricey. Well, IT Pro TV is always engaging, always fresh, and plans start at just $29 a month. It's online IT training that doesn't suck. Start today at ITPro.TV. All right, welcome back to TechNated with Don Bazette. Thank you so much to Lauren Deal for joining us as well. Uh, very excited to have her as part of the team and also very excited to talk about the news this week. So our first article is a big one that's kind of been dominating the news the last couple of days. Uh, this is from Cloudflare's blog, Understanding How Facebook Disappeared from the Internet. Because we lost yesterday, what was it, Facebook, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, I think. WhatsApp which, was which, a part of it. Which is yeah. a big part of it because that's a lot of communication for uh, developing nations and things. So how did this happen, Don? Yep. So, uh, you know, it was really interesting. I, I picked... There were a ton of articles on this. I picked Cloudflare's because theirs was kind of the neatest from a perspective of figuring out what the problem was. Uh, Facebook has not actually told us what the definitive issue was, but basically a their, their BGP routes, the Border Gateway Protocol that manages all internet routing, uh, their BGP routes pulled the advertisement for their networks that controlled Facebook's DNS servers. And so once those went offline, you then lost all of Facebook's properties, which included Instagram, WhatsApp, and a, a couple of other things that were a pretty big deal. And because of this type of problem, it's it's hard to... Okay, let, me, let me back up a little bit. It's easy to make a mistake in BGP, <laughs> super easy. And then that mistake replicates out across the world fairly quickly, so it's a big deal. It's fairly hard to fix a mistake in BGP. And that's what Facebook learned with their downtime, which in most areas ended up being over five hours, which is ridiculous for what is probably one of the most well-funded IT infrastructures in the entire world. To have an outage like that is just insane. So Cloudflare showed what it looked like from the outside. Like they could see the moment the BGP routes were pulled and they, they thought the problem might be on their end. Because they have that managed DNS, the 1.1.1.1, where it wasn't able to look up Facebook. They thought their system was broken. But then they were able to figure that out pretty quickly, so they wrote up all the research they did. But it was, it was really interesting to see how even if you're stuffing billions of dollars of investment into your IT infrastructure, a simple mistake like this can take all of your properties offline. Now, are we sure that the internet just wasn't trying to correct itself? Trying to heal? Yeah. You know. There was a tweet that said, it was very funny, it said... Um, 
Uh, this concludes the MIT sociological study. <laughs> <laughs> I actually brought up my favorite tweet that I saw yesterday. It said, uh, people making jokes about the Facebook services going down make me sick. Anyone who was using an Oculus headset at the time is currently trapped in virtual reality. <laughs> and if they die there, they die in real life. Oh, that's, that's funny. funny. Which, people yeah. didn't that, eat it up. And uh, you know, Twitter and uh, what was the other platform? There were two social media platforms that Reddit? got a huge boost. Yeah, probably, uh, probably oh, Reddit. Sure. Or, probably, yeah. probably Not Reddit. LinkedIn. But uh, <laughs> uh, but they get a huge boost because people sure. lost Instagram and Facebook, and so they had to go somewhere. And Twitter really benefited. Snapchat, oh, TikTok, bummer. your favorite. They're next, TikTok, then, right? Could have been yeah. TikTok. <laughs> They're next. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it was Snapchat. Snapchat is part of the properties. Is that aren't still they? a thing? Are they part of that? I'm not sure. No, nah, I don't know. But I do. I do know that there were a lot of conspiracy theories around this too. So I, I'm I'm curious. Or I was glad to hear kind of your your explanation because there's a uh, a Facebook whistleblower testifying in front of Congress this yeah. week as well. And Great so, timing. Yeah, this hasn't been a, like a, an not, epic week for for not, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I've got a friend who works at Facebook, and I, I haven't called this week. I'm not. I'm giving. <laughs> They're probably space. a little busy. Well, <laughs> and there's that shareholder lawsuit that the company spent over a billion dollars to protect Mark Zuckerberg from a lawsuit like that yeah, should they not have done that there's should several things that are going on mm. uh yeah it's certainly bad timing for them but uh on a positive note the next time you or your friend have an outage at your workplace and your boss asks you why you couldn't prevent it let them know that even if you had billions of dollars in your budget this type of outage could have happened that's true can happen to anybody. Well, I'll, I'll be curious if we do a Deja News in the future to talk about when Facebook released their actual, you know, um, postmortem. You know, and they probably will because this, this wasn't a, a hack, right? So it wasn't that somebody broke into the system and that's that's where they start hiding the details because there's litigation. Uh, so in this case, I, I'd be surprised if they didn't just come clean and say like, well, we know what it'll be. It'll be some kind of continuous, like a CI, CD tool or automation tool. So they automated some rule to push out a router config and botched it across the board. And uh, But we'll see. Well, as I learned watching some of that whistleblower testimony today, uh, Facebook is nothing if not transparent. So I'm <laughs> sure we will get all fact. Of the answers. <laughs> yes, super fact. All right. Uh, let's take a look at our next article that comes to us from Tom'sHardware.com. Backblaze data shows SSDs failing almost as often as hard drives. And so I, I think, like a lot of people, I just assumed that these are more reliable. There's less moving parts, so that means they're going to fail at, at a much lower rate. But it turns out that is not the case. So what's making them fail? You know, so it, it it's interesting, Peter. This will be one of the few times that I say it. But I'm prior to reading this, I was totally in line with you on this one. Uh, when you think about a spinning Ouch. hard drive, there's a motor in there. Like it's moving an arm back and forth. That's certainly going to wear out over time. SSDs are solid state. They don't have those moving parts. You would think that they would last a lot longer. Well, SSDs did have their problems where they you, know, you can only write to them so many times, but that is usually in the millions and you have a you know just a long window of time before that happens. So like for me, and maybe I'll, I'll pull the group here because yeah, you sure. guys all use SSDs. I've never had an SSD fail. I'm trying to, th I want to say no, no, I've never had one fail. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. I, I have had SSD failed in uh, real life land, but it was just like a bad batch or whatever, right? It wasn't like um, we wore it out. So it was like dead on arrival or? No, it, it lasted for like a few weeks or whatever, and then it would die. That sounds huh. like a fail. Like, oh, that's weird. You know, controller board go out on it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think my oldest SSD is about five years old, and it's still running fine and and doing great. I have many others that I've replaced. It's newer technology. Well, you better get a good backup, son. Well, you know, <laughs> so I, I do I do back up my stuff, but at the same time, I was thinking like Peter, like, well, I'm backing it up, but that's just in case I accidentally delete some files. The 
discs is going to last forever. That sounds like something you say in a performance review. Well, I'm yeah. sorry. I was thinking like Peter, yeah. and that's <laughs> well, why it went wrong. And, yeah. and when I when I say like Peter, I, I, I mean like the common person. Right. This is, I think, what most people feel is that SSDs are a lot more reliable. Uh, so what they found at Backblaze, though, was that, hey, components fail over time. That electronic components don't last forever. Entropy. And <laughs> when they worked out the average, they were losing 1.38% of their spinning disks every year. And for SSDs, it was 1.05%. So mm. both of them, you know, just over that 1% mark, which, you know, one out of 99 drives a year, that's not... Yeah. Or one out of 100. If, one out of 100. <laughs> I'm good at yeah. math. Yeah. Uh, but Public one, school, ladies and gentlemen, right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. That uh, I mean, that's more of a testament to maybe how good spinning disks actually were, and we didn't give them... The hey, they're a heck of a yeah, lot cheaper. For, for it now. Like, it's like the birthday paradox, right? You just, uh, this can't be. But it is, statistically. Yeah. True. Math. Math. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at our next article, which comes to us from TheVerge.com. Microsoft announces Office 21, 2021 features and pricing, and Office 2021 arrived on October 5th. So that's the same yeah. day that Windows 11 rolled out, correct? Everybody's talking about Windows 11, so it's easy to overlook this release of Office. Also, it's easy to overlook this release because Microsoft's been pushing everybody to Microsoft 365, the subscription-based service. If you're a Microsoft 365 subscriber, you don't get big versions of Office. You get little updates all year long, so you have the latest and greatest features. But every few years, Microsoft takes a snapshot of that subscription package and turns it into a standalone, one-time pay product. The only reason they do it is because of the military and the government. They <laughs> require these one-time... Um, it's capital expenditures versus operate like CapEx versus OpEx, all that mess. Uh, accountants worry about that stuff. But anyhow, they are putting the stamp on the current latest version of this pay once type product, which is Office 2021. Uh, not a whole lot of crazy new features in here. So the first main thing is that the user interface is updated to look like Windows 11. It's a little more rounded. Uh, it has open document format support, uh, ODF. Uh, to be clear, it's had ODF support, but it's ODF 1.3. So especially in European nations where they may uh, require you to store documents in an open format, having ODF 1.3 support is uh, pretty handy. Uh, and then as far as the price, it is $150 for a student or home user and $250 for a business user. And that's it. You pay that price and you're not paying a subscription like you would with Office 365 which actually ends up being cheaper, the subscription. Yeah. So so I'm curious uh, because I, I wasn't aware of that process that they went through for, for making, which makes a lot of sense. Are they taking a snapshot of, of where the product is right now or of where their future development is and then uh, we'll catch up on the people in Office 365? So they actually took this snapshot like three months ago. Okay. So th this is what Office 365 looked like three months ago, but now once they grab that snapshot, they will maintain it with bug fixes and security updates for, I believe it's four or five years. It's a decent window. Okay. I feel like I understand the reasons that the government or military would want some sort of standalone system for this. But why would I, as a consumer, want to you know, subject my computer to more Microsoft bloatware? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'll tell you, it, it, if you need Microsoft Office, yeah. there's two ways to get it, right? So you can subscribe. Or <laughs> you can buy this. And yeah, if you've looked, like as a home user, for $99 a year, 
you get either five or six seats right, of Office 365. It's pretty nice. Yeah, and you can install the full Office suite on the computers right. and, and, and off you just go. log in with your browser and, hey, look yeah. at us. So that that's what you're you're going to see most people push towards. So, But why would why would somebody want this as a consumer? Like, why are people opting for it? So uh, I can think of a few reasons. Uh, college, where you're trying to use, like, your, um, uh, what's it called? <laughs> the student... Um, uh, not student loans, but they, you know, students get grants and scholarships and things, and they can go to the bookstore uh-huh. and buy things at the bookstore. Well, you'd be able to buy this version of Office Physically at the off bookstore. The yeah. Right. And gotcha. so that's one example where somebody would want it. Uh, or if you want to be offline, right? Just because the subscription one checks in. you got to log mm-hmm. in with that There's Office account. Of that. Yep. This can go offline. Okay. Yep. That's a very good point. Are there options for the government of like a... A private cloud kind of setup or something where you could have basically the features of 365 but not be um, you know putting the information out there publicly there not, is not publicly yeah. but yeah Amazon and Microsoft both have a dedicated like government part of their mm-hmm. cloud services but not every government agency has accepted that you know many still sure. roll, run the old way which is entirely in town in-house software green screen terminals <laughs> yeah Maybe oh, not that old. The whole, yeah. the whole deal. Amber screen. Amber. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's a lot easier. It was the, the upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, our next article, we're actually looking back at something that we've talked about uh, a little bit recently. So this is Deja News. Deja News. All right, so this one comes to us from Slashdot.org. Millions experience browser problems after long-anticipated expiration of Let's Encrypt certificate. And my takeaway here is that if people had just listened to Don last week. (laughs) I like how the article says long-anticipated. Like, we didn't see this coming or something. Who knew? Who knew that this could be a problem? What's happening? (laughs) Don, did you, uh, I I know we said what could happen. Is it as bad as we thought? Well, so the reason I wanted to revisit this is I did say that last week is that if you had like an older mobile device and you couldn't update your root certificates, you were going to have a problem, right? But there were actually additional problems even beyond that. If you were on the latest and greatest, I was actually affected by some of this and I totally (laughs) knew about the problem, but not my fault. My client, my software, my systems were all fine. So, uh, so what happened though, is that many cloud services have complex backend infrastructure. And some of them, while their front end or like my web browser might trust the new certificate and the front end might have the new certificate on the back end, like on a database connection or something internally in a microservice architecture might still be using one of these old certificates that's tied to the old CA that's no longer trusted. And so many websites and online services actually started to have problems affecting millions of people around the globe, which... Is actually a really small amount when you think about how many people are on the planet. But uh, some of the examples they gave, uh, Shopify, uh, Rocket League, which is a video game. You weren't able to get into online matches because their matchmaking service on the back end was relying on some of these older certificates. Uh, but for me, and I don't know if this affected you guys or not, but Monday.com, which is how we do all our studio booking, uh, that I was not able to log into Monday.com the other day. I just thought that's how it worked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I can't do my job. Yeah. And it was another one where their, their front end was fine, but their back end was leveraging some of these certificates. So those companies are scrambling to fix it. It's not like I was affected, but it wasn't anything I could do about it. It was all this other service. Are we sure? Are we sure this wasn't Facebook's problem? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> do we know? <laughs> no, this, this happened, though. What, what was the date on this? The end of the month? This was like October 1st? Yeah, yeah, this would have been all at really the end of September. So technically, October first was the the first day of the new world. Was, was the, y, the Y2K day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they didn't yeah. come up with a cool 
fun name for this Well, one. this type of problem is going to happen more and more frequently because in the past, we used to buy certificates for three years, right? Or you know, then it kind of got to two years and one year. But with Lutz Encrypt, you do 90-day certificates, three, three months. Mm. And so certificates are constantly rotating. And when people do microservice design, like when you're doing Docker containers up in the cloud, you use a lot of certificates and, and you've got to manage all of that. And that's why services like uh, with, with AWS, they actually have a certificate manager where they just handle all of it for you. And that's a really valuable service if you want to avoid problems like these. Which you should. <laughs> you should want to avoid problems like that. All right, speaking of problems, that's a great segue into our next segment, which is Who Got Pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. All right, this one comes to us from, let's see, this is the register.com, anonymous. And not anonymous like some random person, but anonymous, the group, says, we've leaked disks, uh, images stolen from far-right-friendly web host Epic. Uh, that's E-P-I-K. And the latest data dump also apparently contains a wide range of passwords and API tokens. Yeah, this is... Uh, Sorry. If you're not familiar with Epic, um, as various websites and social media sites began blocking ultra-right-wing conservatives and conspiracy theories, they would get kind of driven to other platforms that gave them the ability to talk unfiltered. Epic was one of those platforms. It was like Parler, right, when they were shut down that they moved to Epic, wasn't yes. it? Yes, okay. yep. And uh, hackers breached Epic. This actually happened weeks ago. We didn't cover it here because, honestly, it was a breach a day for tons of sites, and I didn't want to get <laughs> well, political about it. Let me pull my it. phone up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Who is now breached yeah. this moment in Somebody's time? probably been breached since we started filming yeah, this episode. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But where this became significant, the reason I wanted to bring it up today, uh, was that Epic's CEO had come out and said, you know, they, they feel like attackers were able to intercept a backup that was in transmit. And so they may have gotten some data, but they don't know how much yet. It's not a big deal, right? It's, it's stay calm, stay calm. Well, now we have some of their information is being leaked out on the dark web that you can go and access that is including images, disk level images of their server infrastructure, which to me makes this like, the deepest breach you could possibly have. Like, I, I, Daniel, you deal with this stuff. Like, is there a bigger win than that? Man, I'm just, like, surprised that they, they were able to use DD correctly. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> are they sure it's not their own disks? That they're, ah, sticking DD gets you every time. So, so Don, does this prove, though, that, that what they said before is inaccurate? Yeah, okay. definitely, definitely. Uh, so what's most likely happened here, and again, they're, they're not feeding us the details because mm -hmm. they probably don't know them themselves, but um, this usually means that the attackers were able to escape a virtual machine to get to the host, or were able to target a virtualization host specifically to then be able to access the disk images right from there. And once you have the disk images, you can download those, boot them up on your own infrastructure, and take your time wandering through all of the data. You could rebuild the whole infrastructure. Uh, that's why they got uh, somewhere around, uh, uh, according to the register, uh, 59 different API keys for all sorts of things. That seems like a lot. That's the keys of the kingdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Epic wasn't just breached. It was like total 100%. There, There is they, no other information like, that could have been gotten. If you were going to say anybody got pwned or owned... Epic has, this, has felt that state. This is the record. Gotcha. In fact, I'm trying to think of how it could be worse. The only way it could be worse, <laughs> could be worse, and this may still happen, 
is if Anonymous like transferred ownership of the company over oh, to yeah. Anonymous. Like, they, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. and they, they've got the data to do it now. Yeah, yeah. We're running payroll. <laughs> yeah. We're doing everything. The whole nine yards. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, you you actually work your pay stub now says anonymous. How did that yeah. happen? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I uh, mean, they got good benefits. They <laughs> Free masks. <laughs> well, I think you need to understand the the health benefits. Like lizard people have different it's true. Uh, it's medical true. conditions. Yeah. And, you know, I would just like to point out that uh, Don is personally uh, attacking Anonymous and not Technado as a group. <laughs> not Technado. That's not right. Anonymous. Don hates Anonymous. The oh. lizard people are like uh, That's the QAnon, QAnon right? Stuff, that would yeah. be Oh, I thought you were saying that, that no. Anonymous is run by lizard people. No. no You're not. You're well, saying. No, they might be. Maybe. Ooh, that would be the, the It'd be funny as if like Attack Anonymous, themselves. somebody in the Anonymous group is like, did you guys see this QAnon stuff? And then like one of the guy Fosmax comes off and it's a lizard person. <laughs> like, oh, shit. There's full circle. Black screen. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it said groups like the Proud Boys and uh, the the QAnon crowd uh, were affected by this. So yep. I imagine you'll be seeing a lot. Well, there was actually um, someone that was actually fired from this already that um, it was a, a realtor down in uh, in South Florida here uh, because he uh, was seen to have registered domains like the Holocaust is fake and things like that. And uh, it was as part of this leak, it was actually fired. So we're uh, we're actually seeing... Yeah, uh, repercussions. I just know we've we've been doing this who got pwned segment for a long time, and this really is like the record setter of there's there's really not much more beyond this. There's no extra data they could have gotten. They got <laughs> just everything. Extra. Can I can I, I want to give you just a I, I went down a rabbit hole on this one a little bit, so I went to the link in that article to the guy being fired. And it says, you know, the reporters contacted this realtor and he's, you know, no comment, no comment. But then wanted to add at the at the end uh, of this this text conversation that, uh, by the way, if you need any any help buying any real estate in South Florida, let me know. <laughs> Did <they> really <laughs> like, yes. yeah. to, to the reporter yeah. who's like a true salesman. Yeah. Right? Tell me about <laughs> yeah. your Holocaust denying website and yeah. no comment, no comment. But by the way, we've got some great properties. Oh, beachfront. man, you're not oh. going to see prices like this. Yeah. again. <laughs> I guess if you're. If you're a QAnon member, you want to buy from your own yeah. kind? Sure. I, I don't know. Yeah. Will my lizard tail fit through this door? <laughs> yeah. Do I have... Yeah. Yeah, how are the lizard lizard neighbors? people? That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> these are the conspiracies that drive our yeah, country these days. Man. Yeah, no, no hacks are good, but some. You know, I've run into a flat earther before in real life. That was fun. Real life, but man, I, I kind of would be interested in talking with a lizard person believer. Just oh, to, just to hear you it. added the word believer. I was yeah. like, I'd love to talk to a lizard person <laughs> well, a lizard as well. Person exists. <laughs> you can contact me yeah. <laughs> directly. But, yeah, they they know how to contact yeah, you. You don't I'm need sure, to tell them. I'm sure. Yeah, they're contacting right now. Yeah. All right, want to let you know about some webinars coming up. Our next one is actually today, Thursday, October 7th, Protecting Against Mobile Security Threats in a Bring Your Own Device Environment with Victoria Mosby. Uh, she is helping us out with that one. Mike Roderick is joining as well. Uh, but don't worry, if you have missed that already, uh, we will put that up on our archive. Uh, it should be up on October 8th, and so you'll be able to check that out over at itpro.tv slash webinars. That's also where you can go to sign up for that one or any future webinars. we got one coming Coming up for Halloween, uh, I think it's the 28th, Spooky. and I may or may not have purchased my costume for it yesterday. I'll show you guys after the show. Well. You're going to have to wait or check out itpro.tv. Become a lizard person. I'm actually taking off my mask, my, my human mask. And we'll be doing that. Quick, cut go. off his arm, see if it grows back. I'm going to go home and watch V. <laughs> yeah, this, is like, 
That's like the, uh, you know, let's see if she's a witch by drowning her. <laughs> well, like, it well, looks like right. she wasn't a witch. Yeah, well, it looks like you're not a reptile, and yeah. I'm sorry about your arm. But uh, Only one way to be sure. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, I understand. I uh, also want you to go over to technado.com, and you can see all the latest episodes, subscribe, and uh, you can contact us. Let us know if there is a topic you'd like us to cover. We've really appreciated it. Uh, in the last few weeks. We've had a bunch of people send in different articles uh, that we've been able to choose from, and we'll send you a Technado shirt if you do that. Uh, there's also a big button up in the corner that says Sponsored by IT Pro TV. Click on that and get a 30% off coupon code for the lifetime of your IT Pro TV personal membership. You can also request a team trial. Uh, we're talking today about how cool the new pro portal is and uh, that is one of the great features available uh, for teams as well so uh, check that out go to technado.com and click that big orange it pro tv button in the corner all right guys great show today we had two guests we haven't done that in a while we had greg lauren and uh and a lizard person crazy yeah it's been here the whole time <laughs> been here the whole time yeah they're always with us in in your heart right that's in here. right <laughs> all right and uh don will will we have you next week uh, yes. Yes, I'll be here next There's week. Not the following week, though. You so, didn't, yeah. you didn't upper inflect at the end of that, so. I had to think about <laughs> it. I got like yes. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Well, that's exciting. Three in a row. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you next week right here on Technado with Don Pizzette. 